Welcome to the InnovaBuzz podcast, where our job is to help you build visibility, professional credibility, and connection with your ideal client by putting the human at the center of innovative marketing so you can build and strengthen an engaging, enduring relationship with your ideal clients. I'm Jürgen Strauss from InnovaBiz, and I'm honored that you're here with me. If you haven't yet joined our wonderful Flywheel Nation community, go to flywheelnation.com and join in the podcast conversations. Do subscribe to the show and also leave a review because it helps others find us. Let's get into today's masterclass on this InnovaBuzz podcast. Another thing that I'm going to suggest to everyone is that I've already said, listen to the episode so you can make sure you're in alignment, right? After you listen to the episode, since it's fresh in your mind, do that host a solid and give them a rating and review. Don't just go in there and give them five stars. Take four minutes to write something about the show and submit it. Because if you are a guest on a show. Anything you can do to help that show get more visibility, the better for you because you're in the queue to be heard after the fact. And it just astounds me how many people don't seem to understand that it doesn't just benefit the host, but it benefits the guest long-term for us to do everything we can to get exposure to your show and get it listened to. So those reviews do matter. Hi, I'm your host, Jürgen Strauss from InnovaBiz, and I'm really excited to welcome to the InnovaBuzz podcast today from Corvallis, I think that's correct pronunciation, yes. Oregon <laughs> in the USA, Anastasia Lipske, who's a speaker and a podcast booking agent. She's a branding consultant for speakers and podcast guests, and she's founder of Access Speakers, a speaker and podcast booking agency where she's personally booked over 1,700 engagements for her clients, which is pretty amazing. And I'm looking forward to learning how she's done that and also speaking about podcasting mainly today because this is a very special episode, our episode 600. So welcome to the Innova Buzz Woo-hoo. podcast, Anastasia. <laughs> it's a- Thank you. I, it is such an honor to be on number 600. I don't, there's something about that number that just sounds so magnificent. And you know what? That is no easy feat yeah. in the in the podcasting world. This is so hats off to you because Podfade, I don't know, <laughs> you know, how familiar your your listeners are with that, but it's a, a term that we will use in the industry. And that's really podcast fading away. Mm. So it, it's worse than restaurants. You know, they always talk about restaurants at first six months, and there are so many people that start a podcast and they don't keep it up because it is a lot of work. So thank you to you and all those who like you provide a platform for all of us to learn and be inspired. And, and uh, for those of us that do this as a, as a business, 
you know, it's also a way we can get our voice out there. So hmm. if we didn't have people like you, we'd <laughs> yeah. be sitting at home yeah, just well, doing was, our thing, right? It was <laughs> Facebook ads. The, yeah, that's right. It, <laughs> it was um, when I first started, I little did I know that, you know, I'd be doing episode 600 one day and it was just one yeah. of those things and let's see how this goes. And I found that I really enjoyed it and one thing led to another, but a lot of it, is really just being consistent and building up a good mm -hmm. system. So I'm sure we'll talk a lot about that today. Now, I did want to give a shout out to Rusty Gaylord. He was our guest on episode yes! 411, so quite a way back, of the Innova Buzz podcast, and he introduced us. And so big hello to Rusty. Yes, yes, Rusty's one of my clients, and he is an amazing speaker and podcast guest. Mm. And uh, if anybody is interested in him, let me know, because he... <laughs> he He's just a very unique individual who has an awesome story of coming from being the former worldwide director of finance for Apple mm. and having his own business to help people find that work-life balance and and pull in leadership. It's pretty impressive. So yep. anyway, I don't mean to start a, a little infomercial for Rusty, <laughs> yeah. but I, I can't help but say something wonderful about him because he is, you know, a remarkable individual. And it's and again, you know, you have him on your show. It gives people an opportunity to, you know, learn from yeah. him, but also learn from you each and every time you have a guest that you interact with. Hmm. So it just speaks to the power of podcasting. That's right. Yes. And and also for me, it's it's been one of those things where it's just grown my network exponentially. And so I get to meet wonderful people like you and like Rusty. So Thank check you. out yeah. check out <laughs> episode 411, learn more about Rusty there. And um, as Anastasia said, if if you're interested in speaking more with him, she can facilitate that. Beautiful. Now, um, before we kind of get into all things podcasting, because that's that's what I want to focus on today, reflecting back on 600 episodes, but from your perspective, I guess, learning about what you've learned about booking so many people as guests and and what best practice is, I guess, uh, what what's the impact you're making in the world today, Anastasia? You're talking about me personally, yeah. correct? Yeah. Yes. So this is one of the things I love about what I do is that I believe in the message of every client that I represent. So if I believe in their message and I can be a part of them getting their message out to more people, that's how I can have my impact. So whether it be someone who is helping with business growth, if it is someone who's talking about um, abuse and how to, to, you know, have hope and healing through that, or it's, um, you know, I have a doctor on my, on my, you know, in my portfolio that talks about things that can benefit people to learn. Like there's so many, I have a wide variety of people and every single one of them make a difference. And so they can get in front of more people. And so that ripple effect that I get to be a part of, and it's part of why I do this. Hmm. Like I, I know that I will probably not be working full time for the rest of my life. I hope uh, I have some years ahead of me of just being on the ground playing with my granddaughters. But Meanwhile, I sure love what I do. And when that day comes that I might want to cut back, I, I really am worried, like, who else is going to do this for me? I need someone else to pick up the baton and carry it forth because I want these messages out there. Hmm. They make a difference. Yeah, so. yeah, that's wonderful. And as you're speaking there, I thought it must be 
fabulous if if you're getting so vested and you, you want to believe you believe in all of your clients message and vision and what they're mm-hmm. what they're about what they're aiming to do um, it must be wonderful because you, in doing that you're learning about so many different areas yeah absolutely hmm. yeah which is one of the things that I love about podcasting I'm learning about so many different areas and oh my gosh 600 episodes I you could you could write a book just on everything you've learned <laughs> from all these different people yeah. <laughs> yeah that's right I sort of keep thinking I've got to go back and put all this together and certainly is probably there's probably several books there yeah hmm. I would imagine so all right well let's kind of start at the beginning I guess and um I know your story is an interesting one. You kind of ended up um, or you started off in the travel industry and ended up building the speaking agency and then COVID kind of um, suddenly put a stop to all the speaking engagements (laughs) and you you decided, well, we'll pivot and we'll do podcasts. Um, Right. why, Why is speaking and podcasting, I guess, such a great tool to build visibility for people that have a message that they want to get out into the world? Well, in particular, if you have a service-based business, but even even if it's not, even if it's a tangible business, you, you have the opportunity to, through education, through inspiration, in essence, create sample advertising. It's sample marketing, it, which is the most effective that's out there. You know, if you've got a brand new laundry soap, if you can afford to get that laundry soap out in the hands of people to try, if it's a good product, they're far more likely to actually buy it. Same thing with you speaking and being a guest on podcasts is that people get a taste for who you are and what you're about. Mm. And, and, People either are going to resonate with you or not. So we we can never, ever think like right now, there may be people who they're listening to me and they're just like not feeling it or, or there's something about my voice that they don't like, or who knows what it might be, but other people, they might resonate with me. There's something about how I'm saying it and what I'm saying it. The people who are listening to your show each and every single time you come out with an episode, your fan base, the people that you've built this community around, is because they like you. It's 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 not just your guests, it's you also, because they can listen to guests on other shows. So it's relational marketing. Hmm. And so even if you're selling widgets, if you can go out and you can educate people about why they need widgets in their lives... If you do it well, you do it with integrity, you do it to bless the audience, not to pitch, air quote, yourself, <laughs> right? If you if you do it from that viewpoint, there are always going to be people that will resonate with you and they're going to want to buy. It's that no like, and trust factor that's often spoken of where people will you know, support and buy services and products from people that they connect with. So what better way than through the voice. What better way through personal connection, either coming through somebody's phone, their their computer screen, or you're in an, in a meeting or at a conference, you know, them on a, a stage or a platform. It's powerful. It's really powerful. But it does need to be done right. Hmm. And that's that's a very important part of it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll come back to that in a moment and best practice 
um, because I think there's a lot there for us to explore. I love that you talked about um, serving the audience rather than mm. than pitching. And I think there's, I suspect that it's probably one of the things you see as a big mistake that many people make. They kind of get on these things oh, and they yes. pitch. And I've had, I've had people in those six hundred episodes that have kind of done that. I think I've managed to mm-hmm. steer steer them back onto the straight and narrow in yeah, most yeah. of those episodes. Um, but yeah, and and our uh, onboarding process before we even take guests on board, I kind of have filtered out people that I felt mm-hmm. they were just. It was yeah. all about them presenting themselves rather than Absolutely. what what can they contribute to the podcast and to my audience and, and exactly I, I, yep. when I've decided and like you say you don't always resonate with everybody and and there were occasions mm-hmm. there that that I thought well I think they're just going to pitch and I won't I won't be able to change that so I'll I'll politely decline them as guests <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'll tell you the the speaker world is where it is abused mm. far more than in the podcasting world. The podcasting world, you know, the, the the host does have the ability to steer away. They have the ability to edit. They also have the ability to not air the episode. Yeah. You know, so you have a little control. You do not have control over a speaker a who has started yeah. a presentation in a meeting. Mm. And there are far too many people that have abused that platform and turned it into an infomercial. And it's really unfortunate um, because it's made it hard for the people who don't do it. Mm. You know, and, and at my agency, it's a very unique model. Like I, there, there was only one other person that had a similar business model and she actually closed her doors in the pandemic. But the, the people that we would reach out to because we book people who speak for free to grow their business. It's a different model than a traditional agency where they, they book you a paid speaking engagement mm. and then they take, say, 20 to 30% of that honorarium or that speaker fee. That's how they make their money. We, our agency, where I started, was honestly booking people with Rotary Clubs. You know, and, and there's, a, there's a whole, we don't have to get into the whole long story, but where it started, like I never intended to do this, but when my sustainable farmer friend asked me to book her, you know, with, with rotary clubs or groups or whatever I could find just so she could talk about her farm and she didn't know where to start, that's where this all began. So when I started reaching out, say to rotary clubs, they didn't know what to do with me hmm. because they'd never been approached by an agency before. Because there is no there's there's no speaker budget, so all these groups and organizations, I had to build a, a trust relationship with them because they were worried that if they work with me, then that must mean that my clients, if they're paying me to book them on that stage, then they're going to pitch their stuff. Hmm. And I can't tell you how much time I've had to spend trying to convince them, like no. My clients don't do that. That happens. I know. But if my clients did that, that would be the kiss of death to my business because you would never book another client with me. And so why would I put someone on your stage that you're not going to say, who else do you have? Hmm. So, but it took me a long time to break through that because people do abuse that, you know, in the podcasting guesting world, you know, I know seeding 
right? So for those of your, your, your listeners who might not be very familiar with it, the idea of seeding a conversation, like you could in this conversation with me, I could continually in my responses to you be answering your questions, but I could be talking about my client that had this success, this client that I did this with, this Q&A that I do on my monthly basis. Like I can be throwing that in the entire time. There is value to that within reason. And I think what happens is that it's about the intent. It's it, And it's this genuine you, Jürgen, would be able to tell if I'm really just answering the question and it makes sense, I'm adding value to that answer by saying that, as opposed to, oh, I got to squeeze in one more seed mm. so that people know that I do this monthly Q&A, which now it might sound like I'm seeding my monthly Q&A. I feel like I'm in an infinity mirror right now, but but I'm just using that as an example that people can abuse. So yeah, it yeah. does get hard. Yeah. Well, one, so. of, one of the things that certainly struck me, I mean, as a podcast host, I get lots of pictures and I know you don't like the word pictures, but I... I <laughs> I intentionally use the word pitch in this context. I understand. Um, because many, so so I get lots of pitches. So I'll, I'll get a pitch where a, a person wants to be a guest on the podcast and they mm -hmm. send me an email and they essentially pitch me, tell me why they want to be on the podcast. Then I get agencies saying you should you should have John Smith on your podcast because and they tell me about John Smith. Um, now when I first when you first contacted me with a guest, we'd already spoken by email a couple of times because Rusty had introduced us. And then you asked me what sort of guest do you have on the podcast? And then you introduced um, Nancy Geary, who's actually, I think she's going to be the next. She just came. No, she just came out. Yeah. Yeah. I think she's, <laughs> oh, she just came out. Okay. So yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I'm not on top of it. Okay. So she, she was, she's already published. Listen to her episode. And well, I, you did, you did the interview and it's coming out. I think it, it's like, I don't know, number six, zero three or something like that. Okay. I can't remember. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Yeah. But you had your interview and, and that's, that's it right. all started because I did. So she, she yes. will be, she will be published shortly then. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So what struck me was the care with which you took to actually ensure that Nancy was a good fit for our podcast and also the care that you took in your, and I'll call it a pitch, but it, it was more about here's the value that Nancy will bring to your podcast and here's why I right. think she will be a great guest, which I thought really stood out because a lot of the pitches are here's John Smith. John Smith's done all these wonderful things and John Smith can talk about X, Y, and Z and you should have him on your podcast. And then mm -hmm. it's really up to me to kind of draw the conclusion of, well, what value will John Smith right. add to my podcast? Because they don't necessarily talk about that. Now, it may be inherent in the pitch um, or it may not be, but it's kind of like coming from a completely different angle. So I guess the question coming out of that is uh, – Talk to us a little bit about best practice for mm -hmm. an agency that wants to or 
individuals that want to book right. themselves or land themselves as guests on a podcast. Thank you. And I, I appreciate you acknowledging that because I do feel it does differ. We differ ourselves from a lot of agencies that are out there because of that reason. Uh, you know, kind of like that thing I was talking about, how it was hard for me as a speaker agent to get groups to work with me for the first time because they were worried that my clients would abuse the platform. Hmm. I run into a similar problem with running my clients by hosts or producers of shows, et cetera, who the moment they know that it is, you know, coming from an agency, they're, they're like, nope, we're not interested because there are so many agencies that have abused the platform hmm. or not. They, they, they've abused the, the, the pitch process, if you will. Um, and so I'm continually saying, but we're different. In fact, you and I, we had this conversation. Hmm. Do you know that that very day I reached out to a show and I had a client that I, I am certain would be of value from everything that I checked out. My client checked it out. And they declined because we were an agency. And I even said, oh, my gosh, that's so funny. In fact, it's an Australian company. And I was like, you won't believe this. I was just talking with an Australian <laughs> podcaster today about this very thing. And here's what, what we do that's different. Please, you know, <laughs> will you consider making an exception? I get it. I get it. You know, so uh, I do want to impress upon your listeners just Here's the thing. When when we propose, okay, our clients to a show or myself, if I'm proposing myself as a guest to a potential show, it's important that we remember that at the end of the day, the host, all they want to do is grow their show. All they want to do is get a stronger show, a stronger community through more subscriptions, more downloads, more likes, more ratings and reviews, like all of this, that's what you need. You need to increase your visibility so that you can get more people part of your flywheel nation, get people to, uh, you know, hire you, like learn about you and your products, services, and your community that you offer. You want to get that out to more people. So anything that a guest, a potential guest can do to help you with that, all the better hmm. because you, you know, if again, it comes back to that blessing thing. Just if you think about it, like how can I be a value to that host? How can I be a value to the listeners? And it starts by the way, with making certain that you are a good fit for the show. I mean, it doesn't make any sense for someone who's not aligned with the show to even pitch themselves mm. or run themselves by that show when there isn't alignment right from the get-go. So there are a lot of people that do the spray and pray model. I do. I, I've, I've known of an agency that it, they boast the fact that they can send a, you know, a template out for their clients out to 6,000 shows in one fell swoop. <laughs> yeah. and, and I'm just like, are you kidding me? You know, so we're different. We, we run the show by our client first. Mm. So I went to Nancy I shared everything that I had about your show and I told her why I thought she would be a good fit for it, but I want her to listen 
I want her to review all the content that you give us. And and you, by the way, do a great job of giving a lot of content. Uh, there are a lot of shows that you're, it's really hard to know <laughs> what that host is looking for, what the, who their demographics are, like what the, 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 the audience, we don't really know. And, and we can look at all the previous guests. I mean, it's, this is what I do every day. I do this every day. I am looking at shows and I'm trying to determine what they're about who their audience is, and if I have anyone in my portfolio that can be of value to that audience. And it's not easy <laughs> because some people do not make it easy. Yeah. But you want to make certain as a person, if you want to be on a show, that you carefully vet it before you even offer yourself and make sure that not only that you're you're in alignment that you can talk with that person, but does it make sense for you to invest the, the, the time on being in a show if it doesn't directly lead to what your ultimate goal is. Like, what is your ultimate goal? Is there a certain aspect of your business that you're trying to grow? Well, if, if so, then make sure that you're only on shows that are tied into that that stream, mm. that that you know wheelhouse, if you will. Just because you can do these other things doesn't mean that you should be on those shows if you want to grow this other aspect, right? So we want to make sure that we're in alignment. Um, that energy thing we were talking about, I do recommend listening yeah. and making certain that you jive with that person. My litmus test, I want to make sure that when I'm listening to that person, the question I ask is, would I like to sit in a cafe and have a cup with that person? And if the answer is no, for whatever reason, mm. then I move on yeah. because it, I want it to flow. I want it to be comfortable. And it, there's there's millions of podcasts out there. Mm. Okay. Now they're not all active. They're not real good. You know, I get that. But still, there are a lot of podcasts yeah. in whatever our industry is that are going to be in alignment. So make sure that you really resonate with them and make sure that when you are proposing yourself to that host, that you start by letting them know what value you bring and why you feel you're in alignment. Now, if you, in particular, if you have listened to the show, then if you can pull something more personal in and share that, that helps the host to know that you actually listened. Oh my gosh. I am so tired of people lying. <laughs> yes, I, I'm so tired. I could give right? you many examples of that. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> like, you know, right. Yeah. You know, you can tell when they say, I love your podcast. <laughs> I'm a big fan. Yeah. I listen to it all the time. Keep up and the great you work know. or something. Yeah. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you know, try, yes, yes. And I thought, okay, they're trying to, <laughs> trying to stroke my ego here, but there's nothing there that, <laughs> there's nothing there that right. gives me any confidence that they've actually listened. Exactly. Right. But when you say on episode 239, when Sally Jones was talking mm. about using podcasting as a means to grow your business, she talked about this, but I like to come at it from the viewpoint yeah. of this because I feel I can supplement what you already had on that show. I can add to it. Or maybe it's that personal connection. Like one of my clients, she made reference to a car accident she was in when she was like 18 years old that I didn't know that. I've known her for a while. I didn't know that. But it made sense because of the episode that she listened to where that host had talked about their own experience mm. with a car accident. So it it brings that together. This is, this is relational marketing. Mm. So the more you can do to connect with that host, 
the better for everybody so that you're more likely to get booked. Okay. And, and you're more likely to be the type of guest that they're going to really resonate with. And you also have that connection a little bit more by the time you actually have that interview. So there's just yeah. so many reasons to do that, yeah, but let them know what's in it for them. Yeah. There's, there's so much in what you've shared there. I mean, I, the key thing that I hear, and I can only endorse this as a podcast host who gets a lot of um, potential guests sending me proposals to come on the show, is... No, they're sending you pitches. Pitches, yeah. They're sending yeah. you pitches, yeah. Is I'm sending you proposals. Is to <laughs> do some research, work out, is this a good match for what I'm about? Mm-hmm. Um, and... And then the other key thing that I think you said there that I'd like to highlight is is the relational thing is to sort of how can I begin a relationship here? It's kind of marketing 101. It's so, okay, let's get to know one another first and then let's figure out the next steps from there. And the next steps may be, hey, we're not a good match, right? And that's okay in business. That's okay in the podcasting space. Now, the other thing that I heard in all that, Though, and here's here's a little tip for podcasters that might be listening in to this is make it really easy for because this is actually saves you work. Make it really easy mm-hmm. for people who look at your podcast and think I'd love to go on that podcast as a guest or an agency that says this is a potential podcast for my clients to um, to send them to. Make it really easy yes. for them to say that's a good match or that's not a good match. It will save you a lot of work in the long term. Absolutely. It's going to help you with people vetting your show. Hmm. Uh, And can I toss something else out there? Because there is something. So I'm in the middle, right? I have a very (laughs) unique situation in that I am looking at shows literally every day of my life with with scrutiny, okay? Because my clients are going to pay me to be on those shows that I'm going to propose. So I've got to make sure that the show is worth them paying hmm. for. So I always have to come from the viewpoint of what's the ROI? Does it make a lot of sense? Even if a person is not paying someone to book you, your time is valuable. You will never get that time back. Hmm. So you do want to make sure that you vet things very well. One of the things that I see happen is the... Apple, of all, because there's so many different platforms, of course. I love looking at a show on Apple because at a glance on one page without having to scroll, I can see how many episodes there are. On the left-hand side, I can see the description of the show. I can see when the most recent interview was aired. I can see the 10 of them in one fell swoop. So I can see if, and you talked about consistency, if that host is consistent or are there shows like all over the place? Mm. Okay. Cause that speaks volumes about the, the professionalism of a host. If they're, they're inconsistent. Um, and also make sure that they have guests, by the way, people don't, please don't spend time proposing yourself to a show That's if they don't even have show. guests. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Cause I, <laughs> believe me, this happens all the time. So you can, you can ascertain all of that right from the get-go. The, where there is a problem, though, is that sometimes it's not easy to ascertain with the, the uh, hosts who do not utilize the first three 
lines of content in Apple Podcasts that's a description of the episode. Now, I actually just looked today at a podcast of someone who is huge, huge. And I looked at all 10 of them. Now, the title had the name of the guest, but the first three lines were the exact same three lines throughout the entire thing. Mm. So that tells me, A, that host is about promoting himself, not his guests. B, I can't ascertain by looking at that what his show's about mm. because I can't tell what those guests are talking about. I can read the guest names, but I don't know what they're what they're talking about. I don't know if it's about tiddlywinks or about, you know, mushroom hunting. Like I can't tell because it's not in that descriptive content. And I, and I don't know that every host realizes that. I'm not a host. I don't know where this comes from. You you would know that. I don't know how you control those first three lines, but I do know that it is precious real estate hmm. for a host to utilize that to A, bless your guest by helping them get visibility so someone will actually want to listen to that episode because they know what it's the episode is about, but also B, that that it's helping with everything from searching, you know, the SEO search engine optimization yep. keywords, like all of that. People want to be able to look at that and be able to get a sense from those first ten that show up what your show's about based on who your guests are. So if you want to have guests that are screening your show and they they have some semblance of an idea of what your show's about. That is one area where there could be an upgrade is mm. look at that, Make log sure in, look at fine, your, yeah. your, how it shows up on that first page on Apple and just get a sense for what it looks like. And I'm sure it applies to Spotify and everything. I like, I like the white background. <laughs> it's just easier for me to read yeah, Apple yeah. than Spotify. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's, there's, um, yeah, there's a lot you can do there just to, to make that easy. And most of it is through the hosting, I guess. Um, uh, mm. My understanding is that w when I upload to the host, I give it a title and I try to have a really meaningful title so that even, even where the title only shows up, there's a little bit of information yeah. there. So it's the guest's name and what they talked about, essentially, what the yeah, topic yeah. was. And, and I do it in a way that, it's almost like a call to action or a, um, what, what I will learn from this episode in the title already. Exactly. And then, exactly. And then the description goes after that in most platforms that I'm aware of. And I'm guessing that that's what, what gets picked up by Apple yeah, that podcasts. Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And that, you know, that, that speaks to the evergreen factor of podcast guesting, which is so powerful is that you you don't know when your episode's going to be listened to. Hmm. So like you know, we're recording this in, in November of 2023. It's entirely possible that someone might 3 years from now discover your your show, which I suspect your show will still be going 3 years from now because you love this and you're good at it. But let's say 3 years from now, you know, it's 2026. If if anyone listening to this right now <laughs> is in the year of 2026, Thank you, because you scrolled down and you looked to see what other shows, you know, Jurgen has done and, 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 and he's got good descriptions. 
So it gives a person a reason to click on that and actually listen. And I don't know about you, Jurgen, but I've done this where I discover a really good show. Oh, shoot. It just happened yesterday. I listened to four podcast episodes from one show just yesterday because I went in to listen to one and I liked it enough that I went back and I looked at other mm. ones. But I have even had a podcast years ago that was so good that I literally set it to start at episode 001 and play from reverse. So we have a lot of uh, potential exposure, any of us who are guesting, to be discovered after the fact. Because once someone goes into a show, then if they like it, they're going to stay there. Again, that's why that valuable content on why someone want to listen to those episodes. But also keep in mind that evergreen factor gives gives podcast guesting the, the power. This is where that digital footprint remains so strong. And we want to keep that in mind. So another thing that I'm going to suggest to everyone is that I've already said, listen to the episode so you can make sure you're in alignment, right? After you listen to the episode, since it's fresh in your mind, do that host a solid and give them a rating and review. Don't just go in there and give them five stars. Take four minutes to write something about the show and submit it. Because if you are a guest on a show, anything you can do to help that show get more visibility, the better for you because you're in the queue to be heard after the fact. And I, it just astounds me how many people don't seem to understand that it doesn't just benefit the host, but it benefits the guest long-term for us to do everything we can to get exposure to your show and get it listened to. So those reviews do matter. Apple, apparently, I don't understand all the algorithms. You would know a lot more than me. I know, apparently, I've been told that like getting reviews on Apple doesn't matter as far as Apple's concerned, like how they're going to say, oh, you should listen. These are the top 20, whatever, mm. blah, blah, blah. But what matters is people. Mm. It's, it's human nature to look at reviews. I mean, if I want to go buy an air fryer from a local, you know, store, I'll pull out my phone and go on Amazon and see what people yeah. have written about that model of that air fryer. And then I'll decide if I want to buy it at that store. It's no different with as far as far as in my opinion, Apple is the house of the reviews. It's, it's the place. It's like the Amazon of, if you want to know if people are saying good things about a show, go to Apple and look at what people are saying on those reviews. Yes. There are bots that put out bogus reviews. Yes. You can tell when a host makes every guest do a review before they'll interview them. If you see a show where they have more reviews than they have episodes. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a sign. <laughs> okay. So, you know, use common sense. Hmm. I also know some amazing shows that don't have a lot of Apple reviews because the host didn't put effort into hmm. it because they didn't realize it. So I'm not saying put a lot of weight on the Apple reviews when you are vetting a show. It's it's just one of the many signifiers to look at as to whether it's a good caliber show to be on. But you as a guest can help that show by taking the time hmm. to do a review. It's the least you can do for this host who's spending time and money to give you a platform 
to get your voice out there. So it, it just seems to make sense to me that everybody would do that. Mm, yeah. And so if y'all listening right now, haven't done a review on Jurgen's show, <laughs> please do that. And I noticed that you did a review before we started out here, which I really I appreciate. So thank yes, you. Yes, I did. Yeah. Well, it only makes sense, mm. you know, I've, it's, it's fresh. The other thing I do is I, I let the host know because Apple has lost my reviews. So I spell check first, I drop it into Apple, then I take that content of what I just wrote and I send it to the host mm. and I tell them, hey, if Apple doesn't, you know, put it in, let me know because guess what? All I got to do yeah. is copy and paste it and I can do it again. And also, if I had to rewrite the review, reminded no. me there's, <clears throat> I have had pictures and I'm not quite sure what this is. I sort of, the, the cynic in me says this is a sneaky way to get attention. They've sent me a co actual screenshot of an Apple review that they did about my podcast. Mm -hmm. And then they write the pitch to come on the show. Um, and why I'm suspicious is the pitch was not very good and it was oh. not necessarily a good match. So they hadn't done a lot of other homework. Mm -hmm. And then I just sat on it for a while now this has happened to me twice and I sat on them for a while and then I watched my Apple reviews and I was looking out for this mm -hmm. review that they'd screenshotted and it never showed up so I'm hmm. I'm thinking that yeah because you can write out the review and not hit the send right. button right so you can write out the review do a screenshot and then not hit send now that can happen you can forget I suppose but uh, it happened twice yeah. and they were both sort of really, uh, I'll say pitches where it was all about me, the guest, not about what can I bring to this podcast. Wow. I, I, okay. So do you remember, did it look like they were reviews that had been submitted already or were they were still the edit field that they were screenshotting? I think it was the edit field, which is which okay, is what then, I huh. yeah, why I why I was wow. kind of really suspicious about it. Well that would be kind of crazy to take the time to put something in yeah, and then not that's hit sort submit. Sort of weird, isn't it? And if it is a tit for tat, like I'm only gonna hit send if you actually book, yeah, book yeah. my my person that I'm you know, that's just that's just not cool. Yeah. Yeah, that's a tough one. I, I have not heard of that, of it not showing up. Yeah, I do know just, people will use a an Apple review uh, a, as a means to get your attention. And honestly, like I, I, it's been a dilemma for me because, and I, 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 it was a little bit different with you and I because we were we were already in agreement mm -hmm. that I was going to be on your show. But when I am doing a review, and it's of a show, because sometimes I. I often actually do it for shows that my clients I'm trying to get them on or they've been on or as well as myself, if I'm proposing myself, but if it's a show that I'm trying to get a client on and I haven't booked anybody yet and I'm sharing that review with them, I do throw in the caveat, like, I swear <laughs> I am not doing this just to butter you up. But the truth is I listened mm in order to vet your show for my client. So why wouldn't I do something with what I just heard and do you a solid and, you know, give you this review. And I, I feel like people believe me, 
you know, I feel I, I feel like when you really are sincere, yeah. the, the vast majority of the people yeah. are going to believe you and they're right. going to yeah. know. So I'm not doing it per se, but I do know that it it had there's value to it. Mm. Um, another thing that I'm always awkward about, and I'm just going to, you know, open it up here for you. <laughs> my my business mentor says open kimono time. OK, <clears throat> so I have a lot of things that I do for every time, every time that I'm on a, on a show, I'm, I, I, I've got a whole spreadsheet of all these things that I make sure that I do. So the Apple review is one of them. Um, and a, a whole host of other things. I won't go into all that detail, but one of the things that I like to do is I like to give a review or not a review, but a, like a, a recommendation or a testimonial about a host on LinkedIn. Now, LinkedIn is the only social sandbox that I play in, but I put a lot of time into LinkedIn and it's a powerful tool platform for me to use in my business. Not a lot of people, not a lot of guests take the time to write a, a recommendation of a person that they did an interview with about how good of a podcast host they are. Hmm. But if I do that on LinkedIn, then that shows up in your profile. So when people are are following you, they're checking you out as a host, they're they're checking out, you know, Flywheel Nation, like anything in your business, and they and if they're really vetting you and they go down to the recommendations area, it really helps for you to have another recommendation in there and it's one about you as a podcast host because that speaks volumes about you as a person, your your credibility, and, and if they are considering being on your show about you as a host. So I do that. But I also will be asking you to do a review for me on LinkedIn about how I was as a guest. Mm. And I always struggle, like, should I review them first, do a recommendation first, and then I'm going to turn around and I'm going to ask them to do a recommendation for me? Are they going to feel obligated now because I just did yeah. this? Or should I... Ask them first and then not ask them again. And maybe they do or maybe they don't. And then I do a recommendation on them. Like, I don't know. I've, I, I'm conflicted with that all the time. Mm. But I really do want to give you a recommendation. And I really do want you to do a yeah, recommendation yeah. for me. I, so how do we do that without it seeming yeah. inauthentic, right? I um, <laughs> I mean, I open kimono. I use templates. Yeah in my process oh i have okay, templates okay. now i talk a lot about being personal and relationship and so on and my templates are structured in such a way that there's a lot of personal element to them and i use them as a framework i usually write some extra stuff in there or so uh -huh. you'll experience this there'll be a thank you note come out after the episode <laughs> which is a template yeah but there's yeah there's a um there's actually an audio recording which will be me speaking to you personally. So that's that will go into the template. Beautiful. Part of the template actually asks for a review, so I'll have to remember to remove that from, from your email. Oh, you, yeah. don't worry about it. I got you. <laughs> but I, 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 ask, <laughs> I ask for the review, um, and I think this is is good practice just to ask because if you don't ask, um, people may not give it. They don't think about it. They don't it. think about they it or they forget and they move on. There's other stuff happening. Um, I also, in the same kind of paragraph, 
say, if you'd like me to write you a review, let me know mm. where you want that posted. Oh, so that's I, nice. I basically ask for them to review me, but also offer to review them. And I and love ask that. Where, where they would like that. Because as, as a host, I mean, they can rate the podcast on Apple or on one of the other platforms. Um, doing a LinkedIn testimonial is going well, well above and beyond. Uh, but as the guest, I'm not really sure because if they're not podcasters and also to give them a review about how they performed on my show as the, as a guest, mm -hmm. I mean, that wouldn't be appropriate to write in their podcast review. So that's, I, I say, well, you know, I'd love to write your review. Let me know where you want me to do that. Um, yeah, that's nice. The surprising I, yeah. thing is that very few people actually come back and take that up. I do have hmm. people that ask, you know, that that follow up even before I've sent the thank you email. They'll, they'll often mm -hmm. send as soon as we hang up. They'll send me an email saying something like, "It was fun to be on your show, and could you write me a, a review or a testimonial on LinkedIn or something mm -hmm. like that?" So they'll ask, which is fine. Um, but yeah. It's it it helps to have those testimonials. Mm. They, in particular, if you're if you've got a, a speaker or podcast guesting page on your site, if you've got a one sheet, you know, which is a, a a media paper that we use to get people booked or get yourselves booked, you know, it's just it's valuable. Not everybody's on LinkedIn, you know, mm. so it really. But but for me. If you are on LinkedIn and the person you are are you know going to recommend is on LinkedIn, the value of having it on LinkedIn to begin with is that then it's attached to that profile forevermore. Mm. So it supports that person there. And then they can take that content and they can use it anywhere else. They can put it somewhere, you know, on, on a flyer or, uh, you know, in their website, et cetera. But if you send it to them via email, they can't drop it in their LinkedIn profile. Mm. So I always like to start with LinkedIn, knowing that it can go, go to there. other places. Yeah. Now, I, I would recommend to anyone, you know, your your audience, if if any of you are out there and you, you know, are using this as a marketing tool, and in particular, if you have your own show, do ask for those reviews and tell people what, you know, if you're sending it like a post thing to a, a guest, so I haven't seen your template yet. And by, I have no problem with templates. I, I love, we use templates, but we just, we massage mm. them. You know, we add stuff to it and we personalize it. So what I would say is if, if it's not telling the person the benefit to them as to having that, that uh, review, it's not just because they're doing you a favor, but that thing that I was talking mm. about earlier where it helps them get more visibility because if the more your show grows, the more opportunities there will be for people to hear their episode down the road. Sometimes people are more willing to act if there's something in it for them. Mm. So I'm just kind of putting it out yeah. there. And and people can also like use an excuse. Just say, hey, I heard this this podcast interview from a podcast booking agent who said it's critical that I get more Apple reviews for my podcast, which in the long run is going to help you, former guest, get more visibility. Would you be willing to do a review on Apple? Mm. You know, if you want to ask them for LinkedIn, you could do it throughout, you know, right through mm. that. But that's that's a completely different thing. That's about you as a host 
like we talked about, you know, not the same thing as how great your show is. So they are different things, but, but still ask because people yep. don't necessarily think to do it automatically. That's right. Yeah. All right. Now we've talked a lot about preparing and what some of the best practices are to match up, identify podcasts and then write or write or submit a good proposal um, and, mm -hmm. and focusing on providing value to that podcast host and to their audience. One of the other things, and I know you're very strong on this, is once the show's been recorded and published, um, what, is, what are the best practices after that? Now, I'd, I'd preface that and say from the host's point of view, one of the best practices that I thought everybody did and I learned after I did a lot of podcast guesting, I learned that not many people actually do it. Let the guests know that your episode's been published when it publishes, not not kind of don't let them find out through Google search or something oh, a, a few weeks gosh, later. Oh, my gosh, yes. So that would be my right? tip for best practice for a podcast host uh, relative to, to your guests. Um, but from the guest point of view, what are, what are some of the best practices once you've been on the podcast. Now, we haven't talked about yeah. showing up as your best, but that's kind of the middle bit where that I talk about yeah, as yeah, well. Yeah, but sure. we've talked about the preparation, the matching up, identifying the right podcast. Um, so let's, let's say you did show up as your best. You had a wonderful um, experience on the show and then mm -hmm. the show publishes. What's next? Well, let's start with something even before the show publishes. So I actually would love to do a screenshot with you if that's okay. Yeah, wonderful. Okay, so now something is up with my screenshot thing. It seems to take a little while, so you're going to have to smile still for a moment, okay? I don't know why it's doing this, so we're just going to smile. There, got it. Okay. Excellent. Yeah, so something changed with my screen. <laughs> yes, now, luckily, exactly. Luckily, so our platform, our podcast recording platform actually does snippets after the fact. So oh, I, can, I love that. I, can do that I love later. that. I love that. So what I so here's my process. And and I, I go to the extreme. But hey, I would rather for me, it's about quality versus quantity. If I'm not going to do it right, there's no point in me being on an episode because I want to get the most bang for my buck. And I want to get you the most bang for your buck too. So it's all about visibility. So I will be taking this screenshot and I am going to be sharing on LinkedIn. I had an awesome time with Jurgen today. It was a great podcast interview. I can't wait for that episode to come out. Meanwhile, here's a link to his show. Check it out. Give it a listen. I think it's a great show. You're, I might even link to some of my previous, like like Rusty. Maybe I'll find Rusty's episode and I'll share that. Like, if you want to listen to a great one, check out Rusty, right? 411. Okay, there we go. <laughs> great number. So, you know, I will say something along the lines to encourage them to listen to the your show now. You know, and, and, and I change it every time I say something different. I never know. I don't use a template for that. I probably should. But it's something along the lines of, you know, check out a show, do them a solid, give them a rating, a review. And once it's out, I will share it with you. So I do that. I do the LinkedIn recommendation about you. I will be asking you to do one. I will write you a thank you note, a handwritten thank you note. And I'm going to send it all the way to Victoria it might be, I don't know how long yeah. before it gets to you, but the, the, but the effort will be there. <laughs> 
I will make a note of all of these things. And then there's other areas where I share it. So when it airs, and you're going to give me that content because you're very thorough. And I can't tell you how many hosts do not get the aired interview to the people or get them any kind of assets to work with. The more you spoon feed someone mm. and you can create a template, just like what you've done, create a template so that you know you're always going to include these certain things. Yep. The more you put in there, the easier it is for that person to share. If you make it hard for them, they're not going to do as much. So if you've got visuals, if you've got uh, links to different platforms. Like personally, when I share an episode on LinkedIn, I do like to share quite a few of the different platforms. I, I prefer to link to the host site there because I want them to mm -hmm. get visibility on their page, their actual website. So that's always my preference. Whatever has the best show notes is usually the best place to do it. Okay. So I, I, I will link to that, but I'll also find if they have a YouTube one, I'll, I'll share the YouTube link. If they've got it on Spotify, if they got it on Apple, maybe Google Podcasts, some of the key ones, and I'll drop links in there too, because everybody's got their favorite platform that they work from. So I'll share all of that once we have it, and I will encourage people to listen. I will always tag you. Uh, when you talk about also not knowing, sometimes, it, well, it just happened today. Actually, this one was a mistake because this person usually does tag people. But I often see people sharing their podcast episodes. The hosts, <laughs> the hosts do this all the time and they don't tag the guest. And the reason why is because they've got an assistant who's using a third party app. Yeah. And in the world of LinkedIn, you can't tag people if you go outside of LinkedIn. The only way to tag people is you have to schedule it through LinkedIn in order to tag them. So it's either you do that, you take the extra time and do it direct through LinkedIn, which I do recommend, mm -hmm. and then you schedule it, or you have a note to yourself, the go, date and time yeah. that it's going to be published. And Can then you got to go back in LinkedIn. Then you got to edit yeah. it and add the tag. So why not just do it through LinkedIn to begin yeah. with? Yeah. So, but if you yeah, don't that, tag people, a, they can't respond. That's a really valuable tip that, um, that's actually really simplified our work process ever since LinkedIn allowed scheduling of posts. Oh mm. yes, yes, yes. It's, it's much better. Although it's, it's, you can't edit it afterwards. So I've discovered that. I've scheduled something before, just today and then I want okay, it. Okay, before, it, before um, it publishes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I can't seem to figure out how to, like I've scheduled it. The only thing is if, if I just cancel it, start all over yeah. again, and I'm not willing to do that. But um, the tagging is important because it's engagement is key and engagement is important right from the get-go. So the sooner you start engaging, so watch for every day, go into your notifications tab and see if you have been tagged. Now, it, depending upon your settings, you may get emails letting you know, or maybe you got all that shut off and you need to be proactive yourself and look at the notifications tab on LinkedIn every day. Now, I can't speak to the other platforms, but on, on LinkedIn, it'll tell you anytime someone has tagged you, engage. It's really... It, it, it breaks my heart when 
I, even I, I share every episode that my clients have been on. I always tag the guest and I tag the host. Mm. And a lot of times I'll even tag their their podcast page on LinkedIn if they have one or their business page on LinkedIn. Like I go out of my way to get extra exposure for that host. And then all they'll do is just like, give me a like, a little thumbs up. That's it. They don't even respond. You know, and I will point blank say, you know, thank you, Sally, for having my client on your show after I've already tagged them and shared a bit about the show, it, it it seems like they're shooting themselves in their foot. They're missing an opportunity yeah, for engagement with new eyes. That's right. If they don't respond. So if instead they give me a thumbs up and then they respond with a comment and they say, you're welcome, Anastasia. So glad that, you know, you had Nancy Geary on our show. She was a great guest. You know, um, you know, it's our pleasure to work with you or something. And like, I don't know, but respond to me, tag the, the guest or respond to the guest, tag me. Like the more tagging love we can have in there mm. and commenting and responding and engaging the higher the rankings, That's, it's going to pop up in the visibility yeah, algorithms say, every, of LinkedIn. Every comment and every conversation that happens pushes the post yes. higher up the ranking. And doesn't doesn't a host want that? Mm. Don't they don't they want to be seen? You know, doesn't a guest want to be seen? Isn't that why we're doing this? Is to be visible. So it's like we're going almost to the finish line and then we're just walking hmm. and that is a crime it's just a crime and i it's this is this comes back to that in the very beginning the getting it right it's the strategy there is a strategy but it's it's also always coming from the space of blessing other people bless other people engage with them help them get more visibility the fact that we get more visibility in the process is just a, the, the cherry on the top. But really from the viewpoint of that integrity, I think makes all the difference in the world. So there's a lot of these different steps. Mm. You know, I, I also, um, Innovation Women is an organization that I'm a part of. It's an online visibility platform for women speakers, which I highly recommend to any women that are speaking and wanting to get out on more stages, both paid and unpaid. But they have a an email that they do a monthly roundup of where have our speakers been, and every time every like I will be after yours is aired, I will be sharing it on that platform with through my profile, and so you will see when this comes out this little blurb. You know, Anastasia was on the Innova Buzz podcast, and it will link to this episode, that email is going to go out to 25,000 people. So you will get exposure mm -hmm. as will I. I also will backlink to this episode on my website. So on my website, each of, each of my clients I have a profile for, but I have one for myself as well. And it's all the different places where I have been a guest and I've got live links to it. So that allows someone who's looking at me and considering me as a guest to be able to hear me and vet me and decide if they want to have a cup with me in a cafe somewhere, <laughs> right? Um, 
But it's also good for you because it's a backlink and it's That's a right. hit yeah. for you, Jurgen, and your show, Innova Buzz, because I backlinked there. And I will always let you know that. So so it does help, <clears throat> excuse me, for the host to know that you've done these things. Mm. If you have a newsletter, you know, and share where you have spoken, share what episodes you've been on as a guest, because then you're also getting more visibility for those hosts that have, you know, hosted you and let you use their platform. But it also lets everybody know on your e-list that you actively do this. So always ask them, do you know of any podcast that you feel I'd be a great fit for? Do you know of any groups or organizations that are looking for a speaker that speaks about the topics that I cover? Ask, because same thing like asking for reviews, hmm. people don't do it automatically. Exactly, yeah. So that's one more place. So these are all tactics to help you bless that host, but also to get more visibility and to get more engagements, hmm. more invitations to be on shows to be guests, you know, booked as a speaker, et cetera. Yeah, I, I, so those are just a I few love things. all of this. It's it's almost like uh, some couple of years ago, I, I did a short um, audio series on our, our process for podcasting and I turned it around saying, what does this mean if you're a podcast guest and you want to be a guest on podcasts and how do you do that? And it's actually a 12-step process. And the last three steps are after you've done the show, and a lot of what mm -hmm. you've talked about here is I actually talk about a lot of those things. And I say it's yeah. uh, it's not once you've done the show and, and hung up the recording, um, whilst one of the big benefits of podcast guesting is that you don't have the work of editing the show and uploading it <gasps> and writing the show notes and all the other things <laughs> that we're going to do now <laughs> uh, as, right, as the host. Right. You don't have all that, but it's not over. It's not over because there's still lots to do. And um, one of the things that I'm very strong on, and you've touched on it a few times here, is, is continuing to build on that relationship because mm -hmm. now that you've invested time in having a conversation, it's, it, it's, it's like a touch point in a relationship that started and why not yes. invest in that relationship to keep going because who knows what what will come out of that yeah it's relationship marketing 101 mm. uh, another thing i always recommend is that if people are on linkedin and and you use linkedin that if you go to that host and you find their profile page and you click on that notification bell. So just so you know, on anyone's profile, if you go and you look underneath where their banner is, there's a bell there. And if you click on that, then any post that that person does is going to pop up in your notifications. So oh, okay. this way you can start engaging with that host even before you're on the show. Oh. You can be seeing things that they share. You can comment. You can, you know, give it a thumbs up. Uh, reshare things, especially if it's someone that you really, you know, this can be a tactic to get on a show too. Mm. So again, you know, there's that fine line. I don't want to seem like it, we're abusing, like buttering somebody up, but it is a way to get their attention is you start engaging with them. So they kind of know who you are mm. and they see that you're a giver, that you, you share, you respond. And then when you are proposing yourself as a potential guest, you're not a stranger to them because they've seen you name your name mm. and they know, you know, you've just in essence shown 
that you're visible. So there's a pretty good indication that after the episode airs that you're going to be visible with that as well. So that that does help a, a host be more open to it. Uh, one thing I did forget to say, when, when you are making those personalized proposals that we were talking about, you know, because again, we're talking about how you can be of value to the show. It's totally okay and actually recommended that you also say where you're going to share it and how you're going to share it. Hmm. You know, just so you know, my policy is every episode that I am on, when it airs, I will share it on these platforms. Now, if you have a large reach in any area, point out the number you know, in, including to my, you know, 72,000 Instagram followers, yeah. but maybe your e-list only has 300 people. So you'll say, and my newsletter, you know, you don't have to say mm. my newsletter of 300. Just, just look at how you can let that host know that you're going to share it, where you're going to share it and give them a sense of what your reach is, because that does help. Yeah. You know, if you're, if you're vetting somebody and they've got a, a huge reach, you might be more interested in having them in particular, if you've got more potential guests than you know what to do with, doesn't mean you're going to take a crappy guest. I know you wouldn't <laughs> do that, but, but if you got two people that are on par with each other, one has more reach than the other, you know, you might choose to go with the one with more reach and that would honestly make more sense. Hmm. Yeah. So many, so many great um, tips and ideas for best practice of following up um, after the show is recorded. And, and of course, all of these promotional things do serve the podcast host and that podcast. Mm -hmm. But as you pointed out, it comes back to you as a guest and making sure that your particular episode is much easier to discover and, and has long, a longer life cycle, if you like. Yes. Yeah, mm. absolutely. Well, we, I'm sort of looking at the time we could go on talking podcasting and best practice <laughs> and we haven't even talked about, I mean, I, I have a whole section on um, how do you show up as your best on the day for the interview? What preparation do you do? <laughs> Once you're accepted, what preparation do you do and how do you show up? And so, so maybe oh we do gosh. another episode. <laughs> All right. I'm down. Yeah. I'm down. <laughs> um, I think it, I, do want to cover our buzz round, which is our innovation round. It's the same five questions I ask of every guest. And the idea is you'll give us some really short, insightful answers that will inspire the listener to go and do something awesome right now, today, as a result of your answer. So you all set? Awesome. I'm ready. Excellent. So the number one thing anyone needs to do to be more innovative oh, to be more innovative, just, well, for me, it's all about coming from that viewpoint of no matter what you do, be creative, but also bless the other people. What's in it for them and anything that you do and how you show up, because that is innovative. Not everybody does that. Mm. So many people do things that are self-serving and it's pretty evident to everyone around them. So be that person, that, that innovator that's going to come from a viewpoint of what can I do for that other person or for those people and I feel that that's going to be really helpful in that regard. Yeah, yeah, that's great advice. And, and you've shared lots of examples of that throughout the conversation today. One of the things that I find um, many people struggle with in that 
regard is they can they can put themselves into this position of okay i'm going to do something for you i'm going to take a mindset of or bring a mindset of uh, what can i do to contribute to your platform but they have an expectation mm-hmm. of what that will bring back right and if that expectation is not met they're kind of disappointed and i found if you approach it beyond that okay what can i do to enhance your platform what can i contribute to your audience if you enhance that with i have no expectations yeah. it makes such a huge difference it takes the pressure mm. off to not having an attachment to the outcome yeah. it takes the pressure off and and paradox paradoxically it, 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 it all, paradoxically yeah it, the usually there's some great stuff happens as a result when you approach it like that Exactly. I I that's just it. It's either it either people are going to resonate, they're going to buy, they're going to sign up, they're going to they're going to follow up with you like it's either going to happen or it's not. We can't force that. Yeah. We can't force that. And people again, it's energy. It's it's energy and how people make us feel. You know, Maya Angelou talks about mm. that, right? That whole saying about it's not what you do that matters. It's how, you know, how you make people mm. feel. And, and I, I just think that that's really important. And when I think of speaking, a lot of times, especially platform marketing speakers who are speaking to grow their business, they're going at it from this viewpoint of, I've got to nail this because if I don't nail it, I got, I get nothing for this, right? I'm not getting paid to speak. And that pressure can cause them to choke. It can cause them to not do as good of a presentation. If they can go at it from the viewpoint of not having an attachment to the outcome, but again, how can I be a value? How can I make certain that these people, especially in the speaking world, because they don't get to just get up and walk away, mm. <laughs> you know, was it worth their time to sit there and listen to me? I hope so. I'm gonna do everything I can to make sure that it was, cause you can't get that time back. Mm. So for anybody who's still listening to us, this has been a long, long message, but thank you. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. It means the world to me to know that, that you're here because hopefully this has been a value. Mm, so, absolutely. All yeah. right. Now, what's the best thing you've done to develop new ideas? Oh my gosh. Uh, you know, the best thing that I do is I continually learn from other people. Mm. I am like a dry sponge. I listen, I listen all day to podcasts, books, um, you know, programs, other people that do things similar to me. I will watch their stuff. I will connect with them. I will learn with them. I'll meet with them and we, we talk and we collaborate. And I, I try to always be in a space of just being willing to change and do something different based upon what I learned tomorrow, because what I know today is different than what I Mm. knew a month ago, certainly a year ago. So I can only imagine what it's going to be like a year down the road. So innovate, continue continue to learn learn and And flow. And there's so many opportunities to do that. And you've certainly touched Mm -hmm. on many of those. Mm. All right. Now, favorite resource of yours? Oh, my gosh. Oh, really? Just one? (laughs) 
Oh, I'm okay. If I have to say favorite resource, I would probably come back to Innovation Women mm -hmm. for for women speakers yep. uh, and a few good men. Okay, so <laughs> no, and nothing nothing against you men at all at all. This is just a visibility platform to help women speakers get on more stages. That's what it's really about. So um, men are definitely welcome, but the focus is for the yeah. women. It, it is an incredible community and it's, it's kind of a no brainer for any woman speaker to be a member of them. Hmm. So I do highly recommend it. Uh, in fact, if, if we can get that in the show notes, right. I'd yeah, love to I, get I was just going to you know, say, we'll, a, a link for we'll them. Put a link in. The I, show notes. I have made incredible connections with women in the community, whether you're brand new to speaking or uh, you know a very experienced professional speaker. There's there's room in that space. It's collaborative. Um, it's just a powerful network. Hmm. So it's hard because I, I have a lot of resources I refer to, but that would be, I guess, the top of my list right okay. now. Yeah. And we will include that in the show notes. So thank you. Um, what's the best way you know to keep a client on track? Oh, it, but I'm going to be honest. It's not always easy. <laughs> you know, we, That's we do, why I we asked do the question because I'm, I'm trying to figure it so, out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we... On our end, from our agency perspective and staying on, on, on top with our clients, we do most of our communicating via email. And so it's more a matter of continuing to track with them and communicate with them. And sometimes um, if I feel I need to maybe suggest an upgrade for them in a certain area or help them to understand something a little bit better, a lot of times I'll do a screencast. Mm -hmm. And I'll show them things so that they can understand, because especially in this podcasting world, for some of them, it's new and, and they don't understand some of these nuances and they might be missing opportunities. So I, I like to I, I watch them. I subscribe to their e-list, so I see what they're sending. I follow them. I've got the, I click the notify bell on all LinkedIn so I can see what they're doing. And then that way I can kind of track how they're showing up and representing themselves and sharing previous episodes. You know, if I notice, say that they didn't tag the host, then I will bring that to their attention mm. and remind them like your, you, my dear client are missing exposure because you didn't tag this host and you could have gotten exposure to all of Jurgen's incredible community if you had just involved him. So you probably don't know how important tagging is. And so now I'm going to explain that to you. So I do a lot of uh, keeping people on track and kind of pulling my consulting services in, in the same time. Yeah. I give a lot of unsolicited advice. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. Well, there's, there's certainly there's a lot um, of communication there, but I like that you kind of use a lot of um, education as an approach to mm -hmm. help people understand because you've, you've, mentioned this a few times if people want to know why why so if i'm asking for a review for example for my podcast if i can give them right. a why that is meaningful to them so obviously they know yeah. why i want the review what it will do for me but if i can give them a why as to how it benefits them yeah i think you know at, at the end of the day it's not that anybody doesn't want to help hmm. or doesn't want to be supportive they just don't know it's ignorance mm. it's not understanding 
it's not understanding the industry, but, but even, I hate to even say that because there are people who really know the industry well, but they don't have, <clears throat> dare I say people skills? I don't know. I call it Marmy's etiquette <laughs> because my granddaughters call me Marmy and, and I'm always careful of the word etiquette because sometimes people think that it's a little outdated and maybe they feel like they're going to get their hands smacked or someone like that. Best practices is the more safer thing to say, but it is etiquette. Mm. It really is etiquette in how to treat people. Do unto others. I mean, it just that simple golden rule. Imagine if I was a host, what would I want that host to do? Imagine if I was the guest, what would I want that guest, you know, so, mm. or, or vice, just reverse that, but you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's, it's that, what would the other person what what would I be asking for if I was that person on the other side of things? And and I think that that's that could be really valuable. And it's just that people don't they don't realize it. They don't see the power of it. They don't understand the missed opportunities. And honestly, it breaks my heart to hear people say, "Oh yeah, I tried podcast guesting. <laughs> I was work. on twenty two different shows over a three month period, and it I didn't get a single thing from mm. it." And then the moment I start asking those questions, like, well, what shows were you on? Were you really aligned? Mm -hmm. You know, did you listen to the shows? Were they high caliber shows? Did you share it? Did you make sure that the show is the kind of show that shares it? Did you have a good call to action? Did you have a way for people to reach out to? Did you give them a reason to reach out? Like all mm -hmm. these things and they miss it. And they miss the, those, those extra things that you talked about afterwards. It's not that I'm buttering you up. I want to have a long-term relationship mm. with you. Okay, so this is all and, part of that long-term yeah. relationship. And guess what? You're going to refer people to me. You're going to meet some other podcast hosts at some event or something and, like that. And and, we've, we've, and my name's going to come yeah, up. Yeah, and we, I mean, we talked before about another episode because we've got so much other stuff we could cover. Yeah. But many, yeah. I've had lots of people come back on the show for various reasons. Now, sometimes I've reached out to them and I say, I noticed you're, I noticed you're starting up a new initiative or I noticed you've changed mm -hmm. business direction. This happened a lot in COVID because people, people were forced to change. Oh. So they had, so, <laughs> oh, and, yeah. and I reached out to some people that I thought, wow, that's really innovative what they've done with their business. Cause you know, they, they really were hit hard by COVID and had some challenges. And so they've changed. And I reached out to them. I said, Hey, can you come on? Let, let's talk about this. What, what did you do? What, how did you learn some more there? And, and so keeping that relationship alive opens up the possibility mm -hmm. of actually coming back as a repeat um, guest in on that show. Yes, mm. yes. Yep. Excellent. Absolutely. All right. Last question of the buzz round. What's the number one thing anyone can do to differentiate themselves? Wow. Be you. <laughs> I mean, be authentically you. Because every one of us are different. We're all those snowflakes, right? No two are exactly alike. So when we can take what it is that is so uniquely us and be loud and proud about being that uniqueness or of, of ourselves, that is how we differentiate ourselves, whatever that might be. So, yeah, that's... Fantastic. I don't think I can add to that. <laughs> yeah, well, it's... <laughs> just, just be it's you. It's kind of an obvious answer, but... Um, 
I guess this comes out of this idea of there's this balance that we all strive for, I, I suppose, in finding people that we admire and that we want to learn from and that we want to emulate or model, um, but at the same time not losing our own authenticity. Um, so, mm-hmm. yeah, that, that kind of balance. Yeah, hmm. absolutely. All right. Well, thanks for getting us through the buzz around, Anastasia. This has been fabulous, as has been the whole conversation. Now, where can people find out more about you, about Access Speakers, and maybe even reach out and say thanks for what you've shared today? Well, the easiest thing is just to go to a page, and I recommend that everybody have a page like this, and you would just go to my business web address. Basically, it's just accessspeakers.biz, B-I-Z, slash thank you. Now, excuse me, that is a published but hidden page. So you have to have the URL to go in there, but it allows me to have a place that's evergreen that I can continually put content in there. I'm taking a little more time to share about it because I want your listeners to understand that they can do the same thing themselves. So if you go to accessspeakers.biz slash thank you, everything is there as far as how you can reach out to me social my only social sandbox as i share is linkedin so if you're interested in connecting there i would love that please introduce yourself otherwise i might not <laughs> accept because i'm in it for the relationships but i i have a q a that i do every month for free and i would be happy to gift any of your people a 15 to 20 minute mini consultation so i've got a little little thing where they can sign up to get an ebook and they can just send that through and if they want to connect with me and have that 15 20 minutes i'm happy to do that as well but that one spot is where all my content is and so if you're hearing this in 2026 this page should still be active but it's probably going to be some different content (laughs) excellent that's a really great idea and i have lots of guests that come on and and they answer that question with a whole link of different things. And particularly, I listen to a lot of podcasts while I'm driving. I do a lot of commuting. Exactly. And, and so yeah. I kind of, by the end of it, I thought, okay, which which one was it? And I've completely forgot. And of course, I'm not in a right. position to write anything down. Um, so having right, just right, one right. page and a page mm-hmm. that you can update continuously. So if you decide, well, I actually want people to go somewhere else now, you just update right. that link on that page or the whatever you've embedded. Exactly. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm working on a new, you know, CTA call to action. I'm I'm basically have a different opt-in piece mm. that is going to be much better than my old ebook, but done is better than perfect. At least I've got something in there for yep. now, and and then I will continue to improve. Mm. So excellent, wonderful, and of course we'll have a link to that in the show notes. Accessspeakers.biz forward slash thank you. See how easy it is to remember Yay. too. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So awesome. thanks so much for sharing your insights so generously with us today. I've really enjoyed that. Now, I'd like to wrap up with just one question. What, what action would you like our listener to take out of today's conversation? Because it's sort of nice to listen to this podcast. And if you're still listening mm-hmm. now, we really appreciate the fact that you've been with us for, what is it? Oh, an hour and 20 minutes already. Wow. Time flies when you're having fun. Um, I also like to have them actually do something that makes a difference in their lives. So what action do you recommend? My, okay. So making a difference in their lives. I also believe in making a difference in other people's lives. 
And I believe that everybody's got a message of some type that's of value. So if I would leave everyone with one thing is use your voice. You know, whether whether you want to use, say, podcast guesting and or speaking, but but in particular podcast guesting, whether you choose to go down that path and use that as part of a marketing strategy or not, maybe that's not what you feel is the highest and best use of your time or doesn't interest you, but but maybe you know about something else that that you have a passion for that other people knowing about that could benefit from it. Get out there and do mm. it. You can get out there and talk on podcasts and share your passion, your expertise, and and get that message out there. Maybe it's a a nonprofit. Maybe there's there's some uh, again. I think I can't remember if it was here or not that I mentioned. So I have a type one son, uh, type one diabetes. So I could be on podcasts talking about what it's like to be the mother. Mm of of an adult type one son who doesn't take good care of his <laughs> blood sugars. You know, I could share that, you know, those types of things. I could do that. And we have a beautiful medium that allows that. The podcasting world, this is why I love it so much more than the speaking world, to be completely honest, because there's so much more variety and opportunities and ease that that the the, the, the barrier of entry is much lower in the sense that people can get on more shows if if they just want to get the message out there. So if you've got something that you can be sharing and you're not sharing it, I feel the world that you're doing the world a disservice. Mm-hmm. So use your voice. I mean, it is the only thing that has affected change. And it can be small change or it can be big change. And sometimes all we need to do is be that drop, Mm. that one little drop in that puddle and that ripple effect that goes out and affects other people. Every one of us has something of value to share. And and also- And just share it. Also, I've been reflecting on this a lot lately is, again, letting go of the expectations. So whatever it is that you might share today- doesn't have to be world changing or world shattering or whatever. Um, it's just okay. I'm just going to share openly about this. I've learned this and share it, and no expectations. And you'd be surprised at the difference that could make to somebody else's world. Yeah. Right? Hmm. Just like the starfish yeah. makes a difference in the one. Just the one that you're tossing out there makes a difference to that one. That's all we need is Mm. one person to be affected. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks so much, Anastasia. This has been really great. Now, um, please do stay in touch. I've really enjoyed this. And uh, yeah, all the best. Me too. Me too. It's been an honor and a pleasure. Thanks for listening. We'd love you to leave a review on this episode. It will help us to make the podcast better for you. Simply go to lovethepodcast.com forward slash InnovaBuzz and pick your preferred platform. Remember to visit innovabiz.co forward slash Flyworld and secure your membership to the exclusive Flyworld Nation community, where you'll enjoy direct access to our incredible podcast guests, engaging meaningful conversations and participate in connection events designed to elevate your business journey. Don't miss out. Join Flywell Nation today. Tune in again to the next episodes of the Innova Buzz podcast where we've got yet more fantastic guests lined up. 
Until next time, I'm Jürgen Strauss from InnovaBiz. Remember, be awesome and keep innovating.